0: Today is the 16th of January <clears throat> 2021, and it's the anniversary of the passing of Venerable Mbucha of Wat Nambapong. and this year it's the 29th anniversary, because he passed away in 1992, and uh, so every year normally all of his disciples, both monastic and laity, would go to uh, Watanambapong in order to recollect Him, in order to uh, give and offer their practice of the Dhamma as a homage to Him. this would happen from the 13th of January to the 17th of January, in every single year. But as we all know that this year, the conditions of the world has changed. And uh, for myself, ever since I ordained in 1976, um, I would go to Limpucha's birthday on the 16th of June. And uh, there would be a gathering every single year. We would go to practice in Pottnambapong. And uh, I never missed a single year ever since I ordained. I went every single year. Um, and since he passed away, uh, we gathered together on the anniversary of his passing in order to give... Uh, practice as a puja to him and both the the sangha and the laity would do this Uh, but those who weren't able to go they would stay in their monasteries and recollect him there even though I would go every single year this year, things have changed and traveling is difficult and um with this pandemic, even though we can't see it, it's having these results, and so we need to be careful. So this um, pandemic, it really fits in with one of the, the principles of the Dhamma, which is that when there's uh, development in the world, there's also degeneration. And Pucca would say that When darkness develops, um, there's also this degeneration that is developing. So we see that the world has progressed a lot materially, but alongside that comes degeneration. And the hearts of people in this world are more chaotic than they were before. So if we look back to the time of the Buddha, um, we could see that even during those days there were pandemics as well. There were plagues, viruses, bacteria. And um, they had these things, too, back in those days. And many of the populace passed away. But they were also very well developed in the Dhamma in those days. And they had the Buddha at that time, they had his monks. And many of them were arahants. There were huge numbers of Aryas, of noble beings and many of the laity were sotabanas, And so they were very developed, they were prosperous in the Dhamma. And even though there was a pandemic going around, it was able to be stopped through the goodness, the virtues of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. But now things have developed very well and very rapidly materially, and we are able to do many different things. We can send people to the moon. And, uh, and so many things we can do with great ease. And the world um, goes at a very fast pace. And we're able to view the entire world in the palm of our hand. So during the time of the Buddha, Venerable Anuruddha was the foremost disciple in the divine eye. And he was able to see the world in the palm of his hand. But now with our material developments, um, we can find so much information. We're able to communicate with all these new devices. And this can happen right within our hands. We have to ask ourselves with all this technology, is the suffering in our hearts any less? We find that the more things are developed, the more suffering there is, it doesn't decrease. And uh, before, there were very few people who had mental disorders, Uh, but now the numbers are increasing. There are more and more people committing suicide. And uh, our societies go by at such a fast pace. They operate at great speed. And people are able to travel quickly all over the world which means that this pandemic is also able to travel with rapid speed, Uh, that people um, travel. Uh, There's so much tourism, so much travel because of business. So we should contemplate to see that what is of most importance is having the Dhamma. And Lumpur he taught this Dhamma for his disciples to gain both monastic and lay disciples. He would teach us to have mindfulness, to have wisdom, to gain knowledge, to train ourselves to have forbearance, and to be firm within this path of generosity, of virtue, and of meditation. And he would teach us, try to teach us constantly. And sometimes he would ask a sala full of lay people who was determined to keep the five precepts for the rest of their lives. Was there anyone there? And all of the lay people would sit and avoid eye contact. Um, their eyes would just shift about. They wouldn't dare to look at him. And uh, he said that when he came in, he thought that there were humans in the sala, but now he realizes that there aren't any humans here at all. And so uh, no one there was brave enough to take on these precepts for the rest of their lives. But um, it's the, the work of a guru Bajan like this to try to teach, to try to train his disciples in this path of practice, um, to allow us to gain the knowledge of this path of practice. And uh, when both myself and Venerable Ajahn Somchai and many other monks went to live with him. We would listen to his teachings. But also nowadays it's possible to gain his teachings through the books, uh, because what's in those books are his real teachings, and if we practice them, we'll gain results. So we should have faith in that as well. But I also found when I was a layperson that his monks and novices could be a bit strange as well. Um, there was one time that I went to one of the branch monasteries in Ayutthaya, and uh, I asked the monks there where they were going to spend the next rains retreat, and they said, Well, that's up to Limpucha. And I thought to myself, Well, why isn't it that these monks aren't able to decide for themselves? They've ordained already, so why did they leave everything up to Limpucha? And uh, I asked different monks, and they all answered in the same way. And when the rains retreat finished, they would all go back to Wat Nambapong. And also for his birthday, they would gather together there. So when I ordained, I gained knowledge of the foundations of the practice. And I gained a great respect. And this is something that Lumpur Chah taught us very often, he said, is very important. He train us to not get what we want, not to just follow our wishes whether we were gonna come or we could go, it was up to Lumpucha, whether he gave his permission to us or not, and we held him in such high respect. But if we look at it from another angle, it was a great burden for him that he had to shoulder a huge number of monastic disciples. And then when I got to when I went to stay with him, it was just yet another burden for him. Because whenever we went anywhere, he would have to think about it, he would have to contemplate, and he wouldn't be able to let any of us out of his sight. He would always be trying to teach us, um, trying to train us, trying to suggest ways of practice to us, making sure that we didn't go out of the boundaries, that we were restrained in our bodies, speech, and hearts. And so his monks had this very deep respect for him, and I was very lucky that I got to spend four years running um, at that, uh For those four years, I spent the rains retreat there. And it was normal that if a monk didn't have any duties, important duties uh, to practice with regards to the Sangha, then they would get sent off to a branch monastery for the rains. And they wouldn't be able to choose where they went to. And some of those places were really difficult to live in. Some even had a lot of malaria. But having had the opportunity to stay with him, I could study his ways of practice until I understood them, until I gained a good enough foundation in his Dhamma. And then I took those to practice, both through my body and my mind. And really, his teachings are actually quite easy. He just taught us about keeping watch over these minds, knowing what they're doing, whether they're getting involved into liking or disliking and then pulling them back to the center. And this is the path that will take us to seeing the Dhamma, to knowing the Dhamma. And it's easy, but the problem is that our minds can be filled with so much doubts. They can be scattered all over the place to be lacking peace. And if our minds have peace, however, then when we listen to the Dhamma, we'll be able to catch hold of that Dhamma. Then we'll be able to practice it, bringing our minds uh, to peace and seeing the Dhamma. And it's really something that isn't all that difficult. And so now it's 29 years have passed um, since Lumpur um passing away. And uh, it was really his physical body, his body of the flesh that died. But the dharma that he taught is still here. And if we practice that dharma, we'll be able to see him. So if we have this high respect for him, then we should practice, we should take this, these teachings that he taught, this dharma that he taught, and practice them until we gain results. So may all of you be sincere in this.